0: Hi friends, I'm Lindsay Hale. I'm a wife, mom, and top leader at 31 Gifts. And more recently, I'm an author too. I don't mean to brag, but I have an imperfect, messy, awesome life. I'm passionate about teaching you how you can create a life you love too. I'm a girl from a small town in Illinois, and I have like a million kids. Okay, only five. But that equals limited time to find success. If you're going to hang with me, expect the real deal the good, the bad, and the ugly, but that's real life. My hope is that after spending a few minutes with me each week, you'll feel refreshed, recharged, and lifted from all of life's things that weigh you down. Thanks for joining. Enjoy the show. Hi, guys, and welcome to the Lifted Podcast. I'm super excited about our guest today. She is not only one of my very dear friends, but my very first guest on the Lifted Podcast. She is a stylist. She's been a stylist for 19 years. You guys, I can't even imagine how many women she has had face-to-face time with. She's also a salon owner, which means she manages a group of women. She's also a volunteer at her church. She's a wonderful Christian woman and a real example of what it looks like to live out a Christian life. And I love to listen to Megan because she is so authentic and so wise in her journey of bravery and overcoming fear, obligation, and guilt, which is what we're all about here at Lifted. So I hope that you will sit back, relax, and enjoy listening to my conversation with Megan Leeb. Hi, guys. I am super excited to welcome one of my very best friends and our first guest on the Lifted podcast, my friend Megan Leeb. Thanks for joining me, Megan.
1: Hi. Thanks for asking me.
0: You are welcome. Okay. So I know I have kind of put you outside of your comfort zone a little bit by asking you to be here because you are not someone who has a ton of public speaking experience or a ton of experience on a stage. So tell us a little bit about you. Like, how do you fill your days? Tell us who's Megan.
1: Um, well, I guess it depends on what day it is. Um, <laughs> So I am a wife. I'm a mom of two. I have a kindergartner and a second grader, a boy and a girl, two totally different children. Um, we have a dog. I live in normal and I run a business and work in my business also. So I kind of do a little bit of everything.
0: Okay, so tell me a little bit about the business that you run, and what are your what are your days look like at work?
1: Um, well, I run a salon I've been doing here for oh my goodness, nineteen years now, and um we just kind of happened upon the business. I started working for a girl, and when she decided that she no longer wanted to stay in this area, my husband and I decided to purchase it so I kind of took the business on after I'd been running it for a while, but not really ever thinking someday I would own a business. So I am lucky in the fact that I have these amazing girls that work there and they take care of themselves and they do the things that they need to do. And I just get to go in there. I get to work my job. I get to make sure everybody's happy and getting along and taking care of themselves. I, do purchase orders and i talk with clients and i make sure to open and close and
0: you do like all the things yeah pretty much like, isn't it funny how everyone tells you or like this dream that you have of being maybe even a young kid and I know you you didn't necessarily dream of owning your own business, but such an idealized thing. Like we're gonna you're gonna own your own business and to me, and maybe maybe you can relate a little bit. I always thought that meant like power suits and high heels and not having to do like stapling or sweeping floors.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know who you're talking to, so you know it definitely included heels and some kind of like power Almost outfit. <laughs> right? That is true. Really good makeup of- and really good hair. So
0: Yeah. Megan does like to be beautiful, which she does so easily and effortlessly, honestly. But um, I always thought, you know, that owning your own business was glamorous and it's not really all that glamorous all the time, is it? Or maybe it is for you. I mean, I
1: guess it just depends on the day. Here's the thing is at the end of the day, even when you've had those days, like the holidays are crazy and you'll have days where I'm like, I don't even know if I ate. And good thing I only had to go to the bathroom twice in that 12 hour shift. Cause I don't know what would have happened. You go home <laughs> at the end of the day and you just feel like you're exhausted, but it's this like good exhausted. It's this like amazing. I hung out with my
0: friends all day exhausted. Right. You it's spend like going so much to a party
1: time. for hours. I right. It's So a- odd.
0: No, it's awesome. I mean, I don't think that everybody could say that they feel like their job is fun and like a party for hours. I think a lot of people don't feel that way. But I I also love your story and think that it fits in so well with my podcast and what we always talk about on here, which is kind of moving through fear. And you started doing that right away, even when you chose this profession, And I just, I know a little bit of your backstory. Um, So do you mind sharing with the audience a little bit about how you decided to become a stylist, not even the business owner portion, but a stylist in general? Because that's not really where your dream kind of was starting, was it? No,
1: I actually, um, in high school, I was accepted to be in the nursing program at Northern, elementary education program at ISU and the teaching program or education program at Western. And I honestly went to ISU just to be honest, because that's a lot, a lot of my friends were going there. I don't even think that it was necessarily that it was like teaching that I wanted to do. Um, I worked in a salon pretty much all through high school. And I loved the women I worked with. They were amazing. Um, also it's fun to be the high school girl with the long hair that everybody wants to play with for updos.
0: I would love that job. I'm just going to come in and be like, can you practice on my hair all day? That would be the best job.
1: It was, it was pretty awesome. So I did that and I started at college and it just, it wasn't for me. I called my mom after first semester and was like, I don't want to do this anymore. She asked me to, um, stick it out for another semester. And it still just wasn't for me. And the deal was I had moved back home. I moved back home and went to cosmetology school. And then I moved here to normal for one year, just one year to live with a girlfriend and ended up working at a bank of all things, made some really great friends, actually met my husband there. Um, We weren't, we didn't date at that time, but we had this really awesome group of friends and I just kind of stayed there and just continued each year thinking like, okay, one more year, one more year. And um, actually our friend Heidi was getting her hair done by the previous owner of the salon, Brandy, and she was looking for a stylist and I was her first employee and then ended up as her manager and just kind of went from there. Um, In all honesty, the main reason why I always kind of thought being a hairstylist and Even when my husband was super excited about wanting to own the business, when that opportunity arised was because I always thought like, I can be a mom and I can also be this career woman. I can do both and I can be my own boss. And that was kind of the biggest thing that I did like. So I do laugh when I say I never saw myself owning my own business because those were the things that I think like really I liked about the career. Was that I could do that.
0: Yeah. And what I love about you, you kind of um played this down a little bit in your intro, like what do you do when you own a business? And you were like, I have the easiest girls, and they just show up and do their thing. And I am personal friends with all of the women who um you work with, but I think that sometimes you undersell yourself in the culture that you have created in your salon. Um, And you and I have talked before about how sometimes stylists have a stigma about them. And um, I I don't want to say what that stigma is. I'm going to let you say it because I think that you have created such a beautiful culture to break that stigma a little bit. And so um, can you share a little bit about the stigma and kind of how you go about breaking that in your salon? Um,
1: Well, I think a lot of people kind of think that hairstylists Well, one, I think that they think that we play all day. And yes, we do. We have a lot of fun, but we work really hard. We're on our feet all day. We're talking nonstop. And then we go home and we talk to our children and families all day nonstop. Um, But I also think a lot of people think that we go into the industry because we can't do anything else. Mm
0: -hmm. And there's
1: not really anything else that we can do. And really, the amount of education that we have, we don't just... Stick a box of color on someone's hair, there's a formula to it, and everybody's formula is different to get the same color.
0: You're like scientists. We were saying that the other day. I was in with a friend and she was getting her hair done, and we were like, You're she, and the friend was like, Lindsay, give me your opinion. And I was like, Uh, this is not my department. I do not know anything about the chemistry that she's about ready to do to your hair, and you do not want me making these decisions. Uh, and I love that you invest in your team as not just stylists, but as people. And so I would love for you to just talk from like a management standpoint of like, why do you do that? Because that's, you don't have to.
1: I mean, the way I see it is, is if I have healthy girls, I'm going to have a healthy business, but not just that, but I mean, they're my family. I'm with them as much as I'm with my own family. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through a lot together. Um, we've been through tragedies together in our business and I've never been more proud to know that I'm standing next to those girls. And it's, I know by no means are they my children? Cause obviously like age-wise that wouldn't work out, but <laughs> it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, man, I got good girls. You know, it's just that I'm just so proud of the women that they are and yeah. the things that they do. And The way that they will carry themselves and the way that they care about not just their industry, but about each of the people that sit in their chair.
0: Absolutely. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be one of my first guests because you guys can totally hear in Megan's voice how passionate she is about her team. And I think that when you care passionately about the people you work with, whether it be with your clients or with your employees or with your team or with your family, when you're passionate about you know, um, their strengths and growing them as people and just serving them, which is what I think you do so well. I think sometimes, um, you know, when I first met Megan, I'm going to just totally call her out. I knew she was a stylist, but I did not know that she owned the salon. And I, I don't remember like her people, she doesn't <laughs> like to tell anybody that she does that. And I was, uh, and she's gotten a lot better at it. Cause I think I called her out one day and I was like, Hey, how come you don't tell anybody? How awesome you are that you own your own business. And um, she's so humble about it, uh, but she does such a beautiful job of just um, serving people. And her leadership is done in such a servant leadership way, which is one of the things that she hasn't mentioned yet about herself is how passionate she is about growing women and pouring into them. And Megan likes to say that she doesn't like, she's not a writer. So we all make fun of her and say she types for fun, but Megan is a blogger. And just this past year, it's just been since 2019, which to me seems like it's been way longer than that. But I remember it was just the beginning of this year um, when you reached out to me and you said, hey, I think I'm going to write a blog. What do you think of that? And I was like, oh, my gosh, go for it. Megan needs help with all the technical things. That's the only reason she asked for my help. was All of them. She was like, "What do I even do if I'm going to write?" And I was like, "Just go to this website." So I was um, like typing on Word. I didn't even
1: know you could type and save the draft on the website. <laughs> so I'm so a hands-on started, girl.
0: Yeah, it was it was so much fun watching you grow through that. And so, um, first of all, what's your blog called? Why is your blog called that? And tell us a little bit about that journey too. Um. Well, like- Well, it's called
1: surprisingly normal and it's with a Z. The second S is a Z. And the reason I named that was a little, you know, pun on where I live, but it's also because I think a lot of women go through so many different things and stages in life and they feel like they're the only ones that go through it. And it's surprisingly usually a normal situation. And that's kind of why I called it that. Um, to let people know that they're not the only ones by no means am I, you know, writing about things that clients say. And if I did, I would ask permission, but I feel like there could be a day where I have three clients that come in and literally think they're the only ones that feel a certain way about something. And they have no idea that the client before them said the exact same thing
0: Mm -hmm. and just, they struggle with it. Yeah, I find that when I'm coaching women that it is like patterns, right? Like where you'll have three people that day come in and maybe they're struggling with relationships with their, you know, mom or sister, but it's almost the exact same struggle. Or maybe they are struggling with anxiety or maybe they're struggling with some kind of domestic dispute or even some domestic abuse of some sort. Like It doesn't matter what it is for whatever reason, it seems like it comes in these patterns and- Um, I don't know if you find this, but you are so hands-on with women all day long. And I mean, I think every woman would agree that they tell their hairstylist sometimes more than they'll even tell their therapist. So, you know, all the things, Megan, about all the people. And one of the things that I just think is so interesting is that you find that too. And you then find a way to like relate it and give it, get it, get that information kind of out to the masses. I mean, your first blog, tell us how you felt about your first blog and how was it received?
1: Um, I mean, I was excited about my first blog and I kind of was a little, I guess, worried to put it out there just because of it being my first and being literally not only my words, but kind of an opinion when it comes down to it. Cause you know, when you're writing stuff like that, you're putting an opinion out there. Um, but looking at social media and seeing that and just seeing all of those dreamy pictures and things like that. It's like, nobody shares their struggles. They only share their joys, which in a way is a wonderful thing that they're seeing the joy out of stuff. But at the same time, it also makes the rest of us looking through there, not seeing all those things. It's like when you think something in your head and you think you told your husband and he has no idea And so all these people are seeing all these happy things and they're not seeing the struggles that you have. And it was pretty much about just knowing that you take, I think I talk about in there that you take 20 selfies, but you only post the perfect one. Everybody only sees that one that worked out. They don't see the other 19 pictures that didn't turn out right. So you might have a whole day with your children, but you only share that one moment with them. And you might share that perfect moment where they're looking at each other dreamily and eating an ice cream cone, but nobody saw the ice cream cone fall and the kids screaming on the ground and the yelling and that kind of thing.
0: Right. I I can totally relate to that. I, I think that uh, the interesting thing is too, uh, I hear so many people talk about like, you know, they call Facebook fake book and I, I kind of can get on board with some of that, but I also think that they're, you know, like we don't all want to sit around in the memories of what didn't go well. We all have this, you know, we want this, we want to remember those good times. And so I, I love when people post that good stuff, but it is so easy to forget that we're looking at their highlight reel and not, we're not seeing all the behind the scenes stuff. So, um, when, was that the, was that the blog that you had that was, um, featured on, um, scary mommy?
1: Yes. That was the one that I had featured oh. on scary mommy.
0: So her very first blog was featured on scary mommy. I mean, seriously, she just was like, I think I'm going to submit this. And then it was like two days later it got featured, which is awesome because if you guys aren't familiar, scary mommy is a very well-known blog and, um, just has all the things about motherhood and being a woman right now. And Megan's, um, Megan's blog was shared there. And I know she was nervous to submit it, but I love how she's not afraid to take risks and to do scary things. I, I mean, just, that's, I don't
1: I mean. know if I'm not afraid, but I
0: do it. <laughs> well, she's brave. So <laughs> I mean, I, what I'm over, I'm, I'm totally passionate about, people overcoming their fears, obligations, and guilt. And so when I see Megan, I think that, I think that people see her as really brave because she's shared in her blog that she has struggles. And that main, the main, the main message in your blog, um, recently anyway, has been some of, um, some of you, sh- you sharing some of your struggles with anxiety. So can you share like just a little bit with our readers with I mean, you don't have to you share what you're comfortable with just about your journey of um struggle with anxiety. Because I think so many women need to hear that because it's so common.
1: I think it's one of those things where it's like, you don't even know what's happening until finally someone says that they have experienced it and they describe it. And you're like, oh, okay. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> I Those agree. moments where you like lay in bed and you can't shut it off and you're like, oh, did I do this? Did I do that? I don't know. Did I do this? And you almost feel like you have this like ADD run conversation in your head and you just start to realize like, no, that's just that anxiety. I call it the anxiety circle that just keeps going around and you just can't get out of it sometimes.
0: Like a hamster on a wheel or something. Pretty right? much. Yes. Just running and running. So Megan is actually part of um, the team that is helping with the Hey Girl Hey um, retreat that we're doing in a couple of weeks. And after, I mean, Megan and I have, we haven't really been friends that long. Two years, I think. Has it only been two years? It feels like we've known each other for a lifetime. Yes. People ask us all the time if we're sisters when they see us. Our hair even looks the same today. And I don't even think we planned that. We have similar hair going on right now. She is a little bit younger than me, but she wears um, readers. I just want you all to know that right now she looks like the older sister, even though I am, because she's got her readers down on her nose. I totally do. (laughs) (laughs) She's so cute in them, though. She always looks so put together. She really does. So one of the things that we're really going to be diving deep into um, at our retreat is we're going to be talking a lot about the Enneagram and this is the first time i brought this up on the podcast, but I want to just um, kind of start to talk about it a little bit. And in the next couple of weeks with other guests, I'll be bringing it up too. And so Megan is an Enneagram three. And so Megan, what does that mean? Um, give just kind of your synopsis. I mean, you guys, there's so much information that you can grab about this out on the internet, but Megan really is a very... Um, Textbook three in a lot of ways, and so what does that mean to you? When you heard the three, you were like, "Oh my gosh, I totally identify with that." Um, what I about mean,
1: it? I won't lie. When you sent it to me and I read it, it kind of maybe made me mad a little bit, only because it was reading some of the things about myself that I was like, "Oh no,
0: okay, yeah, maybe." Um, so yeah, because that's the thing. The enneagram tells you all, like the the thing about the enneagram is that it tells you all the things that you're um good at but it also tells you all the things that you're not great at it kind of tells you how you perceive the world and how why you make the certain actions you make so it it's there's so much to it we've spent literally weeks studying it and getting familiar with it because we've all just been so fascinated with how it to, it's like it sees into your soul well so- and i
1: think it's crazy too just because i guess I just assumed everybody thought like I did. I didn't know that it was you know a percentage of people that thought like I did. I didn't know that it wasn't just a general across the board. Other people think the same way,
0: so when you say people think like you did, tell me a little bit about how how you think that you felt like it was kind of calling out in you.
1: um I guess it's one of those things too, like I'm I might always be in competition and not necessarily with other people, but with myself, Mm -hmm. always trying to, well, I guess I did not call it this. I feel vain even saying this, but the number three, they call the achiever. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I thought everybody was like that. I thought everybody was constantly in a competition with themselves or trying to beat the next thing and can't sit still. And, you know, like, maybe is doing something and then is like okay well i did that so now i'm going to do this and doing all the things i guess mm-hmm. i just thought that was something that everybody did and
0: and doing I, all the things the very best like and and i don't think that sounds vain at all i i can totally understand why if it's in your head like you everything that you do you try to do it the very best that you possibly can right and if you did it this good today you want to do it this, you know, that much better tomorrow. I don't think that sounds vain. And I can see how in your mind you would be like, well, why doesn't everybody feel that way? Doesn't everybody just, and maybe that's because I always say that I have a, a lot of three in me, but I am not a three. I am a seven, but I I do understand that way of thinking. Like you show up and you're like, well, I'm If I'm going to show up, I'm going to do it all the way. Right. So I can understand that. There's nothing vain about that. It's just, it's actually what makes you such a great friend and great mom and a great business owner, but it also makes you really tired and anxious, right?
1: Yes. Because it's a constant going.
0: Mm -hmm. And when your body's not going, your
1: brain's still going. Right. And this year, I've really, especially recently, I'm really trying to learn to sit on the couch and not worry about the stuff. Or when I make a list, it's okay if everything isn't checked off before I go to bed at night. And it's okay to not stay up until midnight just because I haven't checked my list off. Uh, And a lot of people are probably listening to that and thinking like, what? It literally sometimes, not so much anymore the last couple of weeks, but like before, it literally would give me anxiety thinking like, I didn't get to this today.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I think that that's a really common... I think that you saying that is going to hit home with a lot of people. I feel like there's a lot of women who are... I mean. Obviously, you know this. This is why um, what we love and are so fascinated about with the enneagram because it's it kind of just gives you language and permission um, to understand where you're healthy and where you're unhealthy. So one of the things that I think it's kind of giving Megan permission to um, to do is realize, okay, I haven't slowed down for a while. I haven't sat on the couch for a while. I haven't just taking some time to chill and that's okay to do and to start to recognize where's that healthy balance and where's that unhealthy balance. And so I think that's what we love about it, right? Is that it's, I mean, that's what I love about it is the ability to use it as a tool or gauge to keep you healthy mentally and physically really. Well,
1: and when you talk about the fear, obligation and guilt, I feel like I, that guilt, I do put a lot on me when Mm -hmm. it comes to, saying no to things or not doing something or not taking an opportunity just because it's like, well, I could do that. I can add one more thing on. I can mm-hmm. do that too.
0: Oh my gosh. And how often is it that we think we can do that? Um, my, I'm sure that my mom is listening cause she listens to every one of my shows and she, uh, she always is like, she's queen of this. She will say, I'll say like, Oh, my mom can sew. And I'll say, I would like growing up be like, oh, that's such a cute shirt. And she's like, well, I can make that. I'm like, well, I know you can make it, but are you going to? Should you? Is that the best use of your time? And to, and it's so funny because now she'll actually even catch herself being like, oh, you're right. I don't have time for that. Like I could do that, but I don't have time for that. So it's just so funny. Um, I mean- just, uh, but that thought process is so many of our thought processes, right? Like I'm capable of doing that. So I should just do it myself. My gosh, my husband does that. Rob does that all the time. He does that like with home improvement projects. So I think that so many people can relate to what you're saying. I mean, he'll say, well, I can just do that. And I'm like, well, I know you can, but remember we have five kids, three dogs, a cat, and we both own businesses. So I'm not sure when you think you have the time to do it. (laughs) just because you can doesn't mean you should. And so anyway, that's so true. There's my tangent there, but it's definitely that, um, Pinterest world that we live in and that social media world that it's so easy to compare yourself to what everybody else is doing.
1: That I think that the biggest blog that I had that people read and shared was that when the dirty stacks against us. And I don't remember when I did that one, but it's about when I talked about last summer, when I went through this like really hard downtime. And it was interesting to hear, like when you talk about that with like social media and the way that people are, it was interesting to hear from so many other women that said they'd been through the same. And I know like your book talked about that too. And a lot of people think that they're the only ones that went through this, like, why am I not so thankful for all these things I have? And why do I feel like something is missing? Mm -hmm. And I think that social media, don't get me wrong, I'm sure like in other generations, they felt the same way. But I think social media just magnifies that so much. And don't get me wrong, I'm on social media. So, but it's just a difference of looking at it. And instead of looking at a picture and thinking, oh, why can't my kids act like that? Instead thinking, look, how cute are her kids? And then scroll along. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's just that
1: different way of looking at something. So you don't feel that heaviness and that sadness and that like, what am I doing wrong that I feel this way? Why do I feel this way? It's, I guess it's okay. You know, not, I guess it is. It's okay to feel that way. Other people feel that way too.
0: Yeah. And actually what you just said segmented so well into the last question that I wanted to ask you, which is um, because I think that on the journey to success, I feel like so many women, um, they they get frustrated and kind of get into what I like to call the pit um, where you just kind of want to feel sorry for yourself or, um, go to that place where you're like, why, why aren't my kids like that? Why isn't my husband like that? Why is this so hard? Why is life so hard? So I think that so often we find that women are not successful in certain areas because they give up too soon or they can't find gratitude. And when I tell people to find gratitude, I oftentimes just think they don't really even know how, like, so I'm kind of curious, For you, what, um, what do you do when you're, when you are in kind of a downtime or when you're in the pit, where do you, how do you find gratitude and how do you like, how do you get yourself out of that area? I mean,
1: oh gosh, there's so many different things. Um, and I guess it just depends on the situation. I have a wonderful supportive husband. Um, I think that my parents gave me a wonderful faith-based life, and I know that I believe in God, and I know that prayer is a big one. I think the biggest thing is, is that I kind of look at situations and think, well, it's a day. I guess if you look in the grand scheme of things, you know, they say time is relevant, and if you need to be in the pit for a moment and you need to just be sad and get it all out, get it all out, but pick yourself up and dust yourself off and keep on going. Cause this is a moment in life. And I know I was talking to my sister one time when we were talking about breakups and I was telling her that someday you'll be thankful for every single guy that broke up with you. Because if that guy didn't break up with you, you wouldn't be one step closer to the person Mm -hmm. you're meant to be with. And Mm -hmm. to me, it's each one of those struggles that make us who we are and continue to grow us into these people that we will become. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's how I kind of view my struggles. They They are hard. Sometimes they can knock you flat. Sometimes you don't see them coming. Sometimes they're big. Sometimes they're small. But ultimately, they're going to shape
0: and create who we are. Right. And I, w- I was listening to um I was listening to a podcast a while ago and it was saying exactly that and it was such an aha moment for me is that you know when you're in like the high time in your life when everything is going great, we always almost kind of anticipate, okay, the bottom's gonna fall out eventually. Yeah, like, this this way. So we almost don't like fully enjoy it because we're like waiting for it to all fall apart. Because we know it's temporary and it's true. It really is temporary. I mean, I think that's a real, it, it's a, it's a good place to be a little bit. Cause you can't get there thinking like, Oh my gosh, it's going to be this good forever. But when we're in the bad place, when we're in that pit, we do think it's going to be forever. It's we so a, easy to feel that way. Right. We have this hard time, like keeping that into perspective of, you know what, this is actually, temporary. And tomorrow could be the best day ever, even though, you know, the last three days have been terrible. So I love that. It's almost
1: like you need that time though. And yes, you do have to set a certain amount of time to be like, okay, enough is enough. But it's almost like your body needs that time to recharge itself, to be able to pick itself back
0: up and to keep on going. Mm, Yeah. Like it's okay to not be okay all the time. Definitely. Yeah. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me and for just sharing with everyone. I just think there's so much to learn from other people's journeys and your journey to success. And I know you don't always feel successful or see yourself as successful, Megan, but you are that achiever that so many women, um, aspire to be. So, um, y'all, I'm going to put the most beautiful photo of Megan out and I'm going to also link you to some Enneagram information since this is the first show we're talking about that. Um, so all of that's going to be in the show notes. And, um, I just want to say thank you so much, Megan and I could talk for hours, so I'm going to stop recording now. And (laughs) you all come to Hey Girl Hey, and you can hear more from Megan and then our friends Heidi and Janelle, who you guys are going to hear from in the next few weeks. So thank you. Thank you.